0: Hey there, this is Miss Emma Grace on the campus of Huntington University, and you're listening to Rooted. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. You can find us by searching Forrester Radio Rooted. And you can also catch Rooted every Thursday evening at 7 on 105.5 WQHU. And as always, you can stream Forrester Radio anytime, anywhere on the Radio FX app. Today is going to be a little different as this episode is our first long-distance interview by phone because our guest, Matthew Torres Gomez, is located in Arizona. Matthew is not only a 2018 graduate from the Huntington University satellite location in Piero, Arizona, Matthew, but you the very into first in
1: Arizona with an associate of arts degree already. What motive- motivated you to go back
0: into schooling?
2: Well. To be honest, it, I just wanted to finish my uh, four-year degree. Um, at the time uh, when I had that associate, I was already looking at different uh, opportunities to go to a four-year institution. I obviously looked at all the Arizona University, universities like ASU, U of A, and AU. Yeah. Um, what first made me find Huntington, Arizona, was when I went to talk with my advisor at uh, at my community college where I got my associates. They had brought up a, a satellite campus that, at the time, I didn't know anything about. They said that they had a uh, an ag- agreement with Huntington University, Arizona, to kind of do like a transfer two way to four two year to four year university transfer. Um, and at the time, I didn't know anything about it, so I obviously, you know, had to research what Huntington University was, um, and I looked at all their programs, I looked at what they're about, you know, um, and then what ended up happening was I sent in my transcript to the Arizona satellite campus of Huntington University, so... Uh, what happened there was after a few weeks I get an email from Jamie San who's the coordinator of student services at the uh H. U. Arizona campus. And uh next thing I knew I I went in for a tour, met ev- all, all the faculty there and you know, the the rest is kinda history.
1: Wow. So was there any time in between when you went to your community college and then you went to um Huntington? Um no
2: no actually uh what ended up happening was once I started enrolling into the and, and once I started taking classes at Huntington, I was taking their general ed, ed, education requirements at uh, at uh, the community colleges that I had got my original uh, uh, associates from. So I was just comp- I was still there um, for maybe another year. Mm-hmm. So I was just taking kind of like a mix between Huntington classes and then. Uh, uh, and so, uh, uh, community college classes just because of the affordability and things like that. And I knew they had already had like a transfer agreement between the two institutions. So that's what ended up happening. But once that, once I finished all my general ed requirements, I just started taking full-time classes, production classes at Huntington and just kind of just, you know, bowing into to the finish lines, getting all my stuff done in the last year. I took like so many credits in the last year. So yeah, that's kind of what ended up happening.
1: Yeah. And like when you started those classes, um, what was it like for you to know that like, this was the first time these classes were happening at this location?
2: Well, I, I knew when I came, when I when I first came to Huntington, Arizona, it was a completely different vibe, completely, uh, like, a different feel to the classes and the way the classes are structured and the way things are graded, turned in, you know, like, things they teach, there's different from uh, from, like, the different from ASU, U of A, because when I went to tour their locations, it was, like, it was more traditional. It was, like, more, mm-hmm. like, you know, 100 people in a classroom and, you know, like, hardly any connectivity with the instructors and, you know, you, you almost, like it takes a week for them to get back. That's what, that's what it felt like when i first when i went to look at those other institutions when i looked at huntington it's like you know it's like oh there's really like a like a like a community here like you know like everyone's kind of you know like friends with each other in a way so i think that's what really just kind of drew me to huntington arizona like the biggest the reason for that so yeah i i mean it's 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 when i so when i when i took when that came to me, mm-hmm. I took I and I went into those production classes. I it just you know like it was more hands on. You know I I it took literally my first week or two to f- pick up a camera and start shooting things. Whereas if I would have went to like Arizona Arizona State or U of A, you know it took like after a year or two to actually get my hands on one of those those uh, really expensive cameras. So I, I just I just like I just like the fact that if I can get hands on early. Uh, every there's just a strong community there, uh, so those those that's what I look forward to the most throughout my time at Huntington.
1: Yeah, and what size were your classes? Because they're pretty small here, but I'm sure they're even smaller over there.
2: Oh yeah, uh, the, I would say my smallest class, like I that I ever took at that campus, yeah, was probably about three people.
1: Wow. And that was
2: in, that was including me, so I had 200 people in the class.
1: Yeah.
2: So, so you can imagine how much. How much time there was for instructor and student like time to like to talk to each other, it was like like oh it's like i'm all, it's almost like you were having a conversation with your instructor, even though it was like lecture time, you know, so yeah, um, so I think the largest class I ever had though was probably about uh twenty five people wow, so we, obviously not very large, but like I said, yeah. that's kind of what I liked about Huntington, Arizona, was the fact that you can be in a university setting and still have, like, you know, like, strong student-teacher relationship and, you know, like, always get feedback from them, make sure, you know, your projects are up to, are, like, getting stronger and, you know, and, th- and yeah, so that's kind of, that, that was the kind of classroom setting I was involved, I was a part of during my time.
1: Yeah, and then, like, here we have Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes and Tuesday, mm-hmm. Thursday classes and around, like, two to three each day. Is that kind of the same setup you have over there?
2: Um, not, not, uh, so I know there's like most like bigger places, like there's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Friday yeah. process, but like at Huntington, it's it fluctuates. So it's either two days, so it's either mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. or, or it's like a one day a week, so it's like a Tuesday night once a week, or Thursday morning, or something like that. And then Fridays, uh, Fridays are very like, uh how do I say this they're very uh what's the word I'm looking for misculus yeah yeah so like they'll have they'll be like film practicum on those days and
1: okay more
2: like more like advanced level courses that are like one day a week but they're only on Fridays so that those are the kind of like that was the kind of structure we had at that school so it was like two days a week and then maybe third day you come it was more for like an advanced class or something along those lines and uh they also offered like a Saturday class at one point uh so like it's and it varies because obviously you have to look at like instructors availability for the week. But um, I know it was like it was very very straightforward, but it was also it could also like you know like they obviously didn't offer like that many classes as far as like the same class on the same yeah. week. So say if you took like Intro to Digital Media Arts, like they only offered that Mondays and Wednesdays morning, but didn't have like another time for that class because of how smaller school is. But uh, so th- those are the things you also had to take into account. Well. Going there when you're making your schedule, and trying to fluctuate. Like try to wrap your your schedule around, you know, like life and work and all that other stuff. So yeah, that's that was the kind of uh, this kind of schedule I had. We had a we all had to go through here.
1: Yeah, and did you enjoy that? What were some challenges even that came with that?
2: Certainly, you know, trying to trying to balance that between uh, work because I had I worked mm. like two jobs during my time at at, at HUAZ uh, and so it was just a matter of you know like okay if they're only offering classes on these two de- on this day then I'm gonna have to work around my other job work around my other responsibilities just to you know meet that meet that uh, threshold of coming to a class for a certain amount of time and then leaving at a certain time to go to go work or go, you know, do run errands or whatever I, ha- whatever I have, whatever I have scheduled for the rest of the day. So, um, I mean, you get used to it. You get mm-hmm. used to that kind of lifestyle because like uh, like we're obviously in a creative medium. So it's like, you know, like you're going to be like working late or there are going to be odd hours, you know, you're going to meet tight deadlines and things like that. So the, that kind of, kind of schedule kind of prepared me just because I know like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just the industry we, we kind of work in and, you know, it's, and if you can get through that, then, you know, there, that's, that's the first step of, you know, making it out here is like, you know, learning how to time manage yourself. That's the biggest, that's the biggest key to all, to what I, what I took out of my schedule there, and you know, just kind of kind of went through the whole you know routine of just with my schedule and things like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so the Arizona campus is right across from the PRS Sports Complex, um, yeah. you were doing internship there. What was that right.
2: like? Um, that internship, that was my first internship there, and that happened oh. in the in spring of 2017. Mm-hmm. So that was like my second semester there. And wow. I already take, and I'm already taking an internship. So I, I was, was, that was another reason I liked coming to. Huntington. I wanted to go to this campus because of the, They they are they already had like they were so new, and they already had like connections to all these different like places where you can you know work in your field that you're studying in. So it's yeah. like, oh okay, I'm gonna jump on this internship. And you know, I was like, I I took an interview, I got the job there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what we basically did there was we were because I my major was broadcast media okay so we was so this was in that realm because it was being behind the scenes of a of the game operations, like productions of of uh, the Seattle Mariners and San Diego Padres, major, major league baseball teams for spring oh, wow. training, so we were working in their spring training facilities during their games to to operate. You know all the in game elements that you know come like during pregame and during like inning breaks and post games and thing and post game after the game ends and things like that. So anything you saw on like the video board that. You know, that big video board you see at, like, Sports arenas, is a baseball stadium. So that was the kind of thing we did was every, everything behind that screen. And so, yeah, and I got to do, like, the audio board there, you know, uh, playing music, you know, operating soundboard to, you know, mixed levels with, like, the PA announcer and music yeah. and, and the videos we played and graphics and, and, and in-game prompts, like, you know, like, like, organ you know, like, playing, like, you know, Let's Go you know, Seattle or San Diego, or things like that. Yeah. It was fun. And then I also did, like, the in-game, like, replay. So, like, if there was, like, a home run, you know, I would queue up a replay to – or queue up a look to, like, so they can replay it for the – on the video board for people to see. And then I also did like what we call the eighth inning highlight reel, where mm-hmm. we would play like we were, we would literally cut together uh, a, uh, a, a, uh, of uh, like a high, like a one of like a minute, minute 20 highlight package of all the cool things that happened in the ballpark at the time. So anything, the cameras get out there and, and, and the cameras we used to get is from like the, the, their home, their home, like TV broadcast. So we would use like stuff from there to put together a highlight package and, And, you know, it's played during the eighth inning. So I got to do stuff like that and it really, it really helped set the, that internship definitely helped set like the, like the ground floor for me progressing throughout my uh, my career my career so it was, it, it was a very invaluable internship that I took at the time
1: yeah it sounded like it was really beneficial and like was there like a specific thing that like you're like wow this really grew me as a broadcaster in this way um
2: it was really it was like what really got me into the broadcast was like behind the behind the scenes aspects so was like being the technical director you know like the audio engineer you know it was never like the anchor kind of you know get on get on television you know like hey, personally yeah. like hey guys like you know uh, i uh, people might tell you differently but I, I I never saw myself that way so i just I just like the you know like the stuff that goes on behind the scenes you know I, I think that's exciting uh because you're basically putting the story together uh, without anyone seeing it so kind of like in film you know like you're the guy behind the camera the guy you know uh editing the pr- editing the film or whatever so mm-hmm. that's I think that's kind of what I got me into broadcast and um and that that progressed like through my next internship with the Diamond and through another internship i took at a at a local church here in the valley and then my final internship with the television news station so it's it, it's just it just kind of just set me up for like you know like the behind the scenes kind of career and and, and, it, and it ended up working for me so i i was very happy with all you know like i said the stepping stones that took me that got me from where i started where i came to where i came to be so
1: yeah and then you also worked with the diamondbacks right yes yeah and what did you what was was there anything different between the two um what did you learn there
2: well certainly the diamondbacks have a far greater production not to take anything away from the sports complex but you're talking about like a major league like Cause we're at the sports complex. It was like a shared venue between two major league baseball teams and much smaller too. And and we only had like a max capacity of 5,000 seats in the whole stadium. So when you're getting, when you're getting to a major league baseball venue where there's like 45,000 seats, a much bigger video board and way more, uh, uh, way more elements to the broadcast. So that was another internship where everything we did was in-house. So it never like went out onto, tel- onto like TV, like Box Sports Arizona, which uh, shows all our, all the Diamondbacks games here. Uh, we, everything we did was in-house. So everything that you saw on the video board in the stadium was us. We call it DBTV and that was the internship I took for the Diamondbacks. So like we had like more cameras. Uh, we had a bigger audio board, a way bigger, uh, video board. Where we uh, switch, like, you know, do the switch between graphics and compute and. Cameras and things like that. We had two more replay machines, uh, and we had like a tape room where we record all our in-game elements and and the game and things like that. Um, and then, uh, it's, like I said, it's just a way b- a much bigger, much bigger uh, setting and with more like industry standard equipment that we use. And and I'm still there. I I'm, even after my internship, I still freelance for the Diamondbacks, doing like the audio engineering and you know like playing the prompts and things like that. So yeah, it was it's definitely a much bigger, much much grander uh, uh, in-game, game uh, game elements operation that do there at the Diamondbacks.
1: Yeah, just being a broadcasting major um, as well, just you talking about those things sounds really cool. I'm kind of like (laughs) geeking out about it at the moment. But like, did you ever, I'm even just hearing about it, I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed. Did you ever feel like a little bit overwhelmed by like how much there was?
2: Oh my goodness. Like like when I first started with the Diamondbacks, like like I said, you're talking about like being the... Being like the 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 uh the, the people that bring the fans to their feet because when i say in game like like the uh-huh. like the when i say like we're the fan entertainment like i really do mean it like we're the ones playing the prompts that say get loud you know on your feet you know and then i'm playing and people in the in the control room are playing those videos or those high like those pump rally videos or those you know those pumps to get them on the feet well i'm playing the, the drums or the music that kind of just you know like shake them shake the whole venue like cuz we have like subwoofers the size of minivans that are in our stadium so it, that place can really shake when you're playing like really low end you know uh of uh, uh, uh drums or or music or things like that so uh it's just, it, it's, it took me a while because I was obviously very nervous. First mm-hmm. few times, the first like five or six times I was running on the audio board or they were training me to is like, I was so terrified because like, you're talking about like a whole huge operation that re- relying on your audio guy to keep up with everyone. So, and, and it's very fast paced. Like it's it, like everything moves so quickly. Like you you could be doing one thing and then we're going to the next thing in like five seconds and you got to like switch your songs or go to the playlist that you need to play and get ready ready for that and but i mean you, i got used to it and it's like like now it's like i'm just everything seems so like you know like second nature to me there now it's like it's just, it's really for those kind of things like you're obviously going to be nervous mm-hmm. doing things doing stuff like that for the first time because you're in that huge setting with a lot of people in the shoot like where there's like 50 people in the whole in the whole like uh in-game elements operation yeah. uh, so it's the nerves are going to be there but, uh, it's just but everyone know everyone started somewhere, and everyone had to like get used to that at some point, so once you develop that muscle memory it, it things really start to get easier and 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 that's and that's been true throughout all the internships I've done, all the things i've like all the things i've done, uh so it's just a matter of just keep keep going at it and just you know continue to improve, and things just start getting easier,
1: yeah, and then after that internship, <laughs> you did <Yeah>. another one. <laughs> Right. And you did one um I believe this one was right before you graduated and you talked about a little bit earlier about the major news network um mm-hmm. that you worked for. How did you hear about that internship?
2: Right. So that that one uh was uh, is called they're called Arizona's Family and that's okay. channels 3 and 5 out in Phoenix. So that's CBS 5. So that's a that's a CBS affiliate. And then yeah. also an independent station called 3TV. So that's Arizona's family, which is the internship I took out here. And that internship was called, uh, the Jim Cox, uh, photojournalist, the Jim Cox Foundation photojournalist internship, photojournalism internship. And that one, that one, uh, was like, was a very unique one because there's only so one intern. Like only oh, wow. one intern can be a, fo- can be in this, in the, the Jim Cox photo, photo, uh, photographer. So, and I, I just happened to be that guy and uh, basically in that internship, you just kind of go out with uh, other photographers, other photojournalists that go out with recorders to shoot and edit stories so basically you're making, instead of being the person that operates like the stuff that goes on at a broadcast, you're the person that's creating the content for the broadcast so that was a a different aspect of broadcast for me uh, to be a part of and and, uh, it ended up being a, a freelance opportunity outside of college and you know I started I was working full-time hours there uh you know I was I, I got to a point where I started going out with reporters on my own and shooting yeah. editing stuff with them um, so it, it was just a really unique internship as far as like the stories you get to go out and tell and you know learning how to drive like the live trucks that you could use to go live out in the field and editing out in the field and the excitement of shooting stories going to breaking news scenes and you know like and, and just, just kind of see it's just different kind of excitement all with that internship because it's news, like you're just you're part of a fast-paced environment that's you know that thrives on you know meeting deadlines that within the day like turning a story around within the day so uh it was it was a pretty fun internship for a while
1: obviously uh, that sports internship was a lot different than this internship did you find that really beneficial to do kind of two different forms of broadcasting kind of be like i think i like this better than this one
2: oh yeah because at the end of at the end of my my academic career at Huntington, once I started working and freelancing with Diamondbacks and the, and the news station, um, it 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 just kind of gave me a, like a really good perspective on broadcast world and all the different you know things that goes because like the people that. That make the content for the Diamondbacks like in-house stuff. Like those guys are also going out and shooting like the players and doing like stand-ups with the players, and you know, like uh, they're they're making content for the team. Whereas in in broadcast, you're making content about the newsmakers, people that are like you know that are part of like the breaking news or the stories that are going on in the valley that no one knows about. So uh, it it. Yeah. It definitely helped me realize, like, after doing both those internships, like, you know, what kind of, like, side of broadcast I really want to be on. And it ended up being, you know, the guy behind the, behind the the, 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 guy on the audio board or the guy running, like, the actual, like, broadcast. So, uh, it, it just, you know, like, and everyone has their own, like, uh, like, favorite aspect to it. You know, some people like going out and shooting the content, you know, and, that, and that's fine. Yeah. Some people like doing the, the, being behind the scenes technical directing and doing that that's fine too like you can make a career out of either of those things like it it, like it is there's really no right answer to that it's just a matter of what you're passionate about and you know what you 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 want to do with your life so i think i think doing both those interests really helped me see that
1: you're doing a little bit of freelancing um but what else are you doing anything else besides that right now
2: yeah. So I currently uh accepted a full time position at a production agency out in Scottsdale called Fervor Creative. And they and there, uh, I edit pretty much. I'm I'm a videographer so mm-hmm. I'm just I'm editing, I'm going out helping shoot uh, like stuff for for our clients so that's like or corp- that's like more like corporate storytelling but i what i love about fervor is the fact that they take corporate storytelling to a whole nother level and you know really make it personable really you know just bring out the emotion within the stories we're telling and really tr- uh, exceeding brand standards for all the clients that we we do Business with so it's it was really really uh it put me in a very unique position to really just kind of go out and, and tell stories in a way that you know I was always passionate about so and I know that's not like broadcast related it's more like you know like corporate video 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 production related and and you know like even in the broadcast world like that's like in the broadcast program I was at, at Huntington's like you you touch on all sorts of aspects of video production like you can really put yourself in a career to really do anything like I'm still doing broadcast with the Backs, but I'm doing like corporate video production went further, uh, so the, and that pr- and the stuff and the things I did at with, the, with Huntington University Arizona prepared me to to do thing to do both those. Different, you know, those different aspects of, of video production, so of, of media production. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's just kind of, it's just it's just kind of, you know, like kind of juggling like two halves, you know? Yeah,
1: for sure. And then just kind of along with that, um, what do you, is there like a point during your Huntington time that just like, you're like, wow, this really prepared me for this job? Just,
2: I think just going through those classes, uh, you know, like, cause for me, real, like, okay, so in my last semester of, of Huntington, I did a documentary about this yeah. non-profit in Peoria uh, called yeah. Fallen Feathers where they do like bird rehabilitation and you know like there I had to do like so like pretty much I had to do be all the hats in that one like, I had to be the director the producer the, the cinematographer the editor uh, so I but I had help but I I had to juggle so many so many hats and and really do so many things uh, for that project it ended and it ended up being something I like uh, something that I submitted to multiple festivals and, I've, and it's already become like six different official selections and different film festivals around the US and the world really uh, wow. so yeah so it um, it's something like that where I'm able to juggle so many things at once uh, that I'm able to like do my job with both the diamondbacks and and with fervor because I can I can juggle multiple projects at fervor while doing like multiple things with the Diamondbacks as far as like audio stuff, you know, like playing prompts while getting ready for the next, the next segment, the next in-game element that we are doing next. So, like I said, it's just managing how you do, uh, how you just kind of juggle all your hats, and you know, like the, just you know, Huntington definitely uh, will teach you how to do that. <laughs> the more, the more projects you do there. So, I think, I think that was a pretty uh, important aspect to take away from that.
1: And you've given us little tidbits here and there of advice you give broadcasters, um, but what would be that one thing that you would tell someone who is a aspiring to go into broadcasting
2: so I think the biggest thing with students when they go mm-hmm. into you know the broadcasting field um I think I think they just want to you know like they want like some sometimes they they don't want to you know try to go above and beyond like taking the next step you know to make your to make your work better to make clients work better and and you know like maybe you think that uh it what you see is probably the best it can be but yeah someone else might see it differently and say "Oh maybe if you try it this way it you know think could it could maybe even be better so really just take like for students going into broadcast uh taking valuable feedback even if it's just mm-hmm. constructive criticism like that yeah. like the things like taking in things like that and and trying to apply it to your work to see if it actually you know makes it better and and you, and you never know it it might Make it better, or might not. But at least you're taking in that feedback from other people to to just kind of, just kind of, just you know, make your make your projects better, so that you can use them in your reel, uh, making your uh, clients even happier because you exceeded their expectations and gave them something that they're they would be completely blown away by it. because when I when I gave my documentary to the nonprofit that I did it on like they were obviously blown away but it was because I had instructors here and other students that kind of gave me feedback on how to make it better I was I was able to turn it into them and you know like they're now using it for all their for all their campaigning you know to get like fundraising and like and like you know get more you know get like more uh money, more volunteers into that organization. And then also it being in festivals, like r- it's showing me that yeah, like your like feedback I got to help make it better really turn that project around and, and I know that's a film related uh example I gave, but like that applies to broadcast too. Like no, that, you go out, yeah. if you go out and shoot stories and then, you know, like you're editing your story and you have a deadline by within the hour and, you know, your reporter comes looks at it and is like, uh, maybe you should change that around in so, see if that works and you know like doing little thing and i know and i know it sounds very stressful because like you're trying to meet that tight deadline and but like if it makes it better and like facilitates like it directs your audience attention better when they're seeing it on the news or whatever something like that 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 will that will just you know that will shine in your in like your manager's eyes like he'll see like wow you i didn't expect anything like that like you know just kind of just you're just kind of showing your employers like yeah He's, this dude's really taking uh, the next, like, really, like, he's trying to take the next step and he's trying to, he's trying to you know, like, get better as, as he's going along. He's, like, not trying to stay stagnant. And, and that's the kind of advice I would offer for, for people going into broadcast or really any media industry yeah. uh, career. And not only that, it's just also um, so trying to, what was I going to say? Just trying, just trying to, uh, ah, I, I lost my train of thought. I had something in my head. No, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was gonna try to inspire somebody here.
1: <laughs>
2: but now, but now I lost it. But yeah, no, just like, just like I said, just trying to take the next step and just trying to, yeah. just trying to, just develop yourself into a, mm-hmm. another. And to another level, you know, like kind of like a video game, right? So you're yeah. trying to get to the next level. So that's 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 the kind of advice I would offer to not only broadcast students, but just media students in general.
1: Yeah, and I think just like along with that, which you can correct me if I'm wrong with it, of just like even after your years at college, like media is always changing, and so it's like you're always going to have to develop with it. So it's almost like your level's not done yes, once you graduate. And,
2: yeah, and that and that was what I was I was gonna that was what I forgot, but now I remembered. Um, <laughs> that goes with that. Point point of just, you know, like, uh, trying different things as well. For, uh, even in broadcast, like, like yeah. in the broadcast world, your employers love to see that you have, you can wear different hats, and that mm-hmm. you can you can be different things, like, at the same time. And <clears throat> and that's with, like, film, film, graphic design, animation-related. Like, it put, employers, you let, you've touched different avenues during your time at, in college or during your professional career. So maybe you did corporate stuff on the side, or maybe you did, like, documentary, nonprofit, uh, uh, things like that. Like, they see you've touched all these different avenues, and they're, and they they know that you're a very well rounded, very yeah. well rounded uh, storyteller. Like that's uh, and I think that's what another big takeaway or another big advice I would give to broadcaster, other media related students is just trying different things. Like try to go out and take a film class, go out and take a graphic designer, animation class, or work with someone in that field. Maybe they'll they can teach you something that maybe you can apply to your work. You know, so things like that, I, like uh, that, helped me also shape. Like my career at Huntington, just trying those different things and trying different internships. Because, like I said, I took like broadcast internship, I took a church internship, and then I took an, another broadcast internship, and then did more like film stuff on the side. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's just. And when I got my job at Fervor, my full time job, they they liked the fact that I did all those different things and that I, I was show that I can meet deadlines but also I can also uh handle so many projects at once and then also and then you know do different things like shooting and editing and things like that so and so that kind of just that and so basically my work reflected what I could do to my Employers and you know that's what got helped me get the job and i think if broadcast and other media students kind of had that same mentality i think they they'll notice that oh you know i i really do have a shot in this industry like I can really go out and like like you know like turn employers heads on their on their on their table or you know like whatever the the analogy is <laughs> so yeah um yeah that's the advice and i know i'm rambling on about that but i, I just think no. it's really important that broadcast and other yeah. media students realize that just trying different things really really, really will make a difference
1: yeah well matthew just thank you so much for talking with me it's been kind of cool you're in arizona i'm here in huntington indiana um and just kind of yeah. doing our first first across the states um interview but um it's just been a joy to hear your story and just your joy for broadcasting and media um and It's just been, it's been good.
2: Yeah, th- thank you, Emma. It's been, it's been very exciting talking with you, and just kind of, you know, just kind of, just giving you the down low on what everything that goes on around here.
1: Yeah, and it's just cool to see the connections between the two and just kind of um, bridge that
0: gap a little bit more and make a little bit better connection
1: between, between the two schools. Totally.
0: Thank you, Matthew, for joining me on this episode of Rooted. And thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And remember, you can listen to Forrester Radio over there in Huntington on 105.5 WQHU or stream us anytime, anywhere on ForesterRadio.com. Stay Rooted, HU.